part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Artist Pivot Podcast. My name is Ayana Major Bay, and I am an actress, voiceover artist, mentor, and your host. This show is a bi-weekly conversation highlighting pivots and life lessons from the perspective of artists, those who work in and around the arts, and arts educators. For those listening who don't consider themselves artists, you can pivot too. Everyone possesses the ability to do so. You just have to be reminded sometimes. All of our life lessons have taught us to be better pivoters, and it is my goal to share these life lessons to guide and inspire others. Here is this week's episode. All right, y'all. So today on the podcast, I have joining me Jeremy Ten, and he is a junior national champion, the 2015 Canadian silver medalist, and a two-time world team member. He has traveled the world both competitively and professionally, having toured with BTAC Productions and Cirque du Soleil. Jeremy now works as a realtor in one of the world's hottest markets, Vancouver, B.C., while still staying involved in the sport he loves through choreography. Y'all, welcome, Jeremy. Hello. Hello. Hello, Ayana. What an introduction. Thank you for that. You're so very welcome. Thank you for joining me. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here with you. Of course, of course. So my first question to you is, if I were to text you right now and say, Jeremy, how are you doing? What's going on? How are you feeling? But you could only respond in emojis only. What would you text me? (laughs) I see that laugh. (laughs) Because I'm doing my best not to immediately go somewhere dirty. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I would probably send you the emoji when it's like winking and one tongue out. Because I'm always uh in a goofy mood. That's me. Goofball central. Yes. I love it. I love that. Thank you for sending me that imaginary text. Um, (laughs) And I must say, that's one of my favorite emojis. Like, I like to send that one too. Like the wink and the tongue. I'm like, that's perfect. (laughs) It means so much. It can and it can like invoke so many different meanings and connotations, and I love that. Like, yes, yeah, yes, yes. It can. You could be goofy with it. You could be. You could be a little flirtatious with it. You could. Yeah, that emoji is very yeah. like. It's multi-dimensional, multi-use. <laughs> Multifaceted for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very that. Very that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, So, y'all, I brought Jeremy on uh, because, well, number one, we've worked together. Uh, But number two, because I wanted to talk about his journey and pivots through, you know, his many careers, because he can say that he's retired from one career, retired at 25, and then went into a performance career. And now he's a realtor. So, like, ice skater to performer, to realtor. <laughs> you got to break that down for us, Jeremy. Like, how how did it start? And like, walk us through how you got where you got. Gosh, it's so weird to like, even think about being like, not even in my mid thirties yet. And like mm-hmm. having technically retired twice, essentially. Like, yeah. whoa. Um, yeah, basically it all started from a very young age. Obviously I my older brother was a hockey player and me wanting to be, 
you know, like my older brother, we had a five year difference. I naturally followed him onto the ice, um, dabbled in some hockey, realized I hated it. Physical sports, not my thing. Don't uh-huh. touch me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, but I loved being on the ice, had a natural take for it. And my dad noticed that I would stay behind, watch the figure skating practices. Um, and then after watching the, watching figure skating on the 98 Olympics at the 98 Olympics, he was like, you know what? Maybe figure skating is something that he would like to do. Mm-hmm. And so went into it, got my first pair of figure skates at the age of nine and then started representing Canada internationally by age 14. And it kind of just, I never looked back. I just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And what I love about skating is the way that it just so beautifully marries like athleticism and art. Uh-huh. And I love both aspects of the sport so much. I love to jump. I love to fly. But at the same time, I love telling a story. I love being able to um, use my body as a tool to move and to evoke emotion, evoke emotions out of people and, and give them this sense of emotion without having to say words. I think there's something so cathartic about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I will say that's kind of why I like figure skating or I should say love it. I should use the word love. Like I'm not even gonna be shy. I do love figure skating for the same reason that I think that inspired nine year old Jeremy. It's that like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's athletic. It's art. It's like like words. You're just like, ah, oh, they're so sur- like, it's just beautiful. Like, yes, it's beautiful. But I know it was hard. I know that it was hard. Like watching you skate when we were on the ship together, like mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm, I'm in, I was in awe of you all, like in awe. Like, thank you. On the ice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, same back to you. I had the pleasure of watching you perform every week and sing mm-hmm. with your beautiful, deep, smooth, round voice. And it was such an honor and such a pleasure. And yeah, girl, when you came out singing Brave, I was like, you better sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, so I wanted to ask, so of course, okay, figure skating or competitive skating was, you know, your first love and your first, I guess, focus, if you will. And so when did you make the decision, in essence, I would say to pivot, but really to retire, you know, you're like, okay, I think, I think um, it's my time to retire from competitive skating. Right. I think... For me, it was, and go. this is basically my first big pivot in life is, yeah. you know, not making, my dream was always to make, the, make an Olympic team. Okay. And I tried both in 2010 and 2014. And unfortunately, it just wasn't in the cards for me. And it wasn't that I wasn't good enough. It was just, mm-hmm. it was just not the path that I was supposed to take. And mm-hmm. basically, it comes down to one competition. You train years and years and years for that three minutes or that four minutes. And it just sometimes it just doesn't go your way, unfortunately. And so at the end of 2014, I had to decide, do I want to leave my career like this? Or do I want to have one more year to finish it the way that I deserve to finish it? And so um, I took a while to make that decision. And when I finally did, I just had three goals. And that was to um, score a personal best in both the short and free program. um, And to land a quad for the first time in competition and to go back to nationals my last nationals yeah. and just skate it for me with no intention of me trying to make an Olympic or world team, just going out there, skating for the people, skating for myself and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And I am so happy I did that because 
I accomplished all of those goals and then some. I ended up placing second at that last nationals, qualifying for my last world championships, my second world championships. And I will never forget that feeling of like, I was skating to Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley, that, that yeah. cover. Yeah. And I'll never forget just like finishing my last combination spin, taking my ending pose and had my eyes closed because I just wanted to hear the audience. Yeah. And it was like, I couldn't even hear my music. It was a, such a surreal moment and the best way I could have ended my last national championships. Yeah. And then obviously going on to compete at Worlds and everything was even more of a blessing that I couldn't, had no idea that I was, that I was, I was capable of that again. So it was great. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. that gives me chills as you describe yeah. that. <laughs> oh, thank you. But yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I think it's, it's time for me to move on. There are a lot of great juniors coming up in the competition and it's time for them to have the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that at my age, it was, it was time. I mean, that year in 2015, after I retired, the press release came out mm -hmm. that I was retiring the I get, got possession of my keys to my own apartment uh -huh. and I was crossing the stage to get my degree all on the same day June 12th 2015 so it was like it's time wow. <laughs> I, yeah I remember standing on the edge of that like stage before I crossed and just being like once you get to the other side you're a grown adult you're a grown man I need yeah. to figure this out <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. It all happened on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. What are the chances, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. So you, you know, knew it was, how do I put this? Like in your heart space, in your mind that you were like, okay, mm -hmm. this is it. And you were fine with it because you had, for me, and this is what I'm getting from you just explaining that you excuse me, made goals for yourself and you reached those goals and you kind of had it, I guess, settled. You're like, okay, an Olympic run isn't for me, but that, but I can set my own goals to achieve before I, you know, move on to the next part, part of my life. Is that correct? Correct. And, you know, I think obviously it was a disappointment not going to the Olympics and cause that was, again, that was my dream walking into an opening ceremonies representing Canada, my country, and, and with my teammates. But whenever I have that kind of, whenever I look back and I kind of have that feeling like, oh, I wish I did that. It's like, okay, well, when I look at my career as a whole, and if I was given the opportunity to do it all over again, knowing that I wasn't going to make an Olympic team, would I do it? And Ooh. a thousand times, yes. A thousand times, yes. Yeah. Because you do that for what you love. It's not, it, yeah. at the end of the day, I loved it so much and I had such a passion for it that that mm. trumped anything else. And yeah. it gave me all these experiences like traveling the world, meeting so many incredible people um, like yourself. And yeah, it was, it afforded me so many things in life and taught me so many life lessons that I wouldn't have had if I never did it. Olympics Ooh. or not. Right? So. Yes, right. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Y'all can't see me, but I just teared up at that. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, I just teared because it's that. It's like, would you still have done it knowing, knowing you're like, you're not going to make it to the Olympics, but this chunk of your life is going to teach you so much and give you so many experiences and introduce you to people around the world that you're like, heck yeah, I'd still do it even though I know I'm not going to get to that perceived like goal. Mm -hmm. Ugh, mm -hmm. And that's applicable to so many things. 
Absolutely. So many things. Would you still do this or go down this path if this, you know, for instance, if you weren't going to make it to Broadway or if you weren't going to have your art displayed in MoMA or if you weren't going to win an Oscar, would you still do it? Right. Oh, I love it. Jeremy, I love it. And you know, yeah. And you know, you truly love it. You know, your, your heart's in the right place if that answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Right. Right. Oh. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing. I'm just, I'm in an emotional space right now. Uh, I am. Honey, I am. Um, So my next question to you would be, okay, you're retired. You're like, I'm retired. I'm free. What did you do? What's your, what was your next step? (laughs) So here's the second pivot in my life was, yeah, this is my first retirement. And uh, uh, I think I, I really needed to just step away from everything and just, find myself again because mm-hmm. this was such a I mean my whole identity was figure skating yeah. and so I wanted to I'm now in my mid-20s and I never got to have a separate life outside of that really mm-hmm. and so I decided just to take a year off um still skate but live a life where I wasn't heavily regimented by a schedule or or you know I could just go out and party on a Friday night and not have to worry about the repercussions of trying to recover for two days for training on Monday. Yeah. And so I took a year to just do that. I took a year to have a yes year and just to have fun, travel a bit with my friends. Um, and I think that was the best decision I could have made for myself because it made me appreciate what I had before even more. And ultimately it led me to wanting to go back to skating and pursue a professional career and you know what? Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, yeah, it was supposed to be like a one and done kind of thing. Like one contract, I'm done. I saw what it was like. It uh-huh. was cute. Uh-huh. I'm ready to move on. But no, it ended up, as you know, being way more than that. And again, it was, you can't deny what you love and what you have a passion for. And that was for me performing. So yes. that's what led me to my next career in professional skating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I love. So, yeah, you just did what you love in a different capacity, in a different format, different capacity. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, that's great. I love that as well. And so I didn't see you perform with Cirque, but I saw you perform on the ship, which, y'all, I know we talked about this a little earlier in the episode, but <laughs> I still can't get over it. Like some of the things. OK, y'all, the ice rink. Just picture this, this, OK, so visualization. Here we go. The ice rink was in the middle of a cruise ship like on i think the lowest level for like for passenger access i believe deck two i think was the backstage entrance right and then deck three deck four was like kind of the rank in the bus yes great i'm glad you remembered that i didn't remember that (laughs) Um, (laughs) you're like trying to like clear it all out i'm like ah it's gone it's gone i don't know what the ship looks like anymore um but y'all the ice rink was on the cruise ship and these beautiful ice skaters were whipping around the ice and had costume changes. And like, I couldn't tell you how many times I saw the show. I'd, uh, I, they were throwing each other around. They were flipping and turning and singing. Actually lip syncing. <laughs> like they were doing it all on ice. <laughs> Cartwheeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very that. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, and I think what people don't, like, I think it's very also important to paint the picture that it's not a standard size rink. It's literally, like, I don't know, probably if we were to measure maybe, like, 
a sixth of the size of an NHL size oh, drink. Like wow. it was like an ice cube. <laughs> and we had a cast of, I don't know, 12 or 13 and we made it work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was fun. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Oh, great. I love it. I love it. Um, so in that capacity, you did, you performed the Royal Caribbean first before you did Cirque du Soleil, correct? Did. Yes. I did three contracts with Royal and Willie B. Tech Productions. Okay. okay. Um, and then, okay. yeah. Got it. And then you moved on to Cirque. So Cirque was what you were doing before the pandemic hit, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So then that's when another pivot came in. I mean, we all kind of had to pivot. That forced us all to pivot. Yours were voluntary before, (laughs) but now Mm -hmm. we got a forced pivot on us. And so what happened next? So yeah, we we were on the start, just about to start our third leg of tour was Cirque du Soleil. And Mm -hmm. I played the antagonist Vi in the production. I had a character role, which was amazing. And um, unfortunately, as we were starting, like we got called into a meeting the second day of being back. We were in Bakersfield, California, Mm -hmm. never forget. And they called us in for a meeting and they're like, so I don't know if you've heard, but there's a possible pandemic that's happening we're going to cancel the next two shows. We're going to go to Vegas. It's going to be all right. And then we'll just pick up the show from there. We're all like, Vegas, score, let's do this. Let's uh-huh. pack up now. Let's get on the bus. Let's go. And then the next day they called us back for a meeting and they were like, just kidding. You're going home for eight months. And we were like, oh, oh God. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was, it all happened so fast. And mm-hmm. so unfortunately I got sent home and kind of was just twiddling my thumbs in my apartment, trying to stay in shape, watching YouTube ad videos, going to the park playground and trying to do workouts in the evening when nobody was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually after six months, realizing that we're not going back, mm-hmm. I just had to make the decision to kind of have a backup plan. And I'd always dabbled in the idea of going to real estate and becoming a realtor. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until I had a chat with my very good friend, Spencer, who I've known for years, years and years. And he's like a little brother to me. He was in the process of getting his license. Hmm. And so we talked it through and he kind of made it seem very tangible. And next thing I knew, I just took that first step and I enrolled and it all happened so fast. I was, it was like four months later, I wrote the exam I passed. And then in May, so that was in October, um, that I started this journey. And then May following year, I was licensed. So all happened in like seven months total. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah you took that first step and it was like, okay, here you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're off to the races. <laughs> Yeah. And I've, I so much have skating to thank for that because Mm -hmm. skating has taught me so much in terms of what you can accomplish when you put your mind to something and the discipline and determination it takes to, to achieve your goals. So I just used what I had in my toolbox and I just applied it to this new career and this new, um, kind of path for myself. And it just, just kept putting one foot in front of the other and it just worked out. Yeah. yeah. And here we are a year later. I'm fully, I've been just celebrated my first full year in real estate at the end of May and it was incredible. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Congratulations. Thank yes. you. Thank you very much. You're Thank you. welcome. And I love that you just use the tools in your toolbox. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so, that's such a perfect phrase. Like, I use the tools that were in my toolbox from figure skating. Mm-hmm. And performing and going like, okay, well, I can use these over here. Right. Yes. Right. 
I honestly feel like there are so many transferable skills between figure skating and real estate, actually. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're in skating is so much is about the way you look and your appearance and first impressions to the judges and, um, performing. And that's very much the same as in real estate. Like you've got to look the part, you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to rehearse. Um, you've got to have everything like ready to go. And so I very much borrow a lot of what I had in, in skating and apply it to my everyday life in in real estate. Mm -hmm. It really does go hand in hand. I find. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Understood. 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 Yeah. So like, I guess, what is my question? Eh, It's more of a statement, more of like (laughs) that you going into real estate. It's like, Oh, I've done this before. Like, not the real estate part, but the prep. Like, oh, I know what I have to look like. I know, come like, you didn't have to learn that aspect, if you will, of mm-hmm. showing up, performing, giving a good impression. You right. already knew that from other other jobs that you have retired from, other careers you've retired from. <laughs> You've already learned that and brought those skills with you. Exactly. Like I said, I just took what I already knew what to do. And I took what I've learned in my lessons as a professional skater or a competitive skater. And I just applied. And that's the end of the day. I didn't reinvent the wheel. I didn't, I didn't try to become somebody that I wasn't already. I just mm-hmm. stayed true to who I was. And I just used everything that I've already learned in my past experiences and just applied it into what I was going to do next. And a big part of that is just having goals and having dreams and like, taking everything one step at a time Um, with real estate. It was like, okay, my goal is to enroll. Mm -hmm. And then after that, okay, my goal is to pass the exam by this date. And then, so it's a smart goal. It's quantifiable. You can measure it. And then my next goal was to get licensed by this date. And it just kept going. I just kept making one goal after the other and made it attainable. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing. And then it just, it just kept snowballing. Right. Right. Yes. Oh, I love that. And the wheel kept turning. The wheel that you didn't reinvent, you just redecorated it, as I like to say. Right. <laughs> Bedazzled Bidaz- Bidaz- it. Just, Bidaz- you know, added some jewels. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Color, some sparkle here. <laughs> add some. Okay, great. That's what you did. Some you didn't glitter. reinvent it. Glitter, right. All nope. of the glitter. I just made it. I just made it prettier. You know, just like, just like a skating costume. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So my next question to you would be, are there any poignant life lessons that you're like, oh, girl, I'm still learning this one? Or like one that you're like, that took me a while to learn, but y'all, I got it. Um, I think... There are two that I can think of. I think one of them is a life lesson that I I learned early on was like, you know, as a professional athlete, we go through um, injuries. That's Mm -hmm. just, that's just part of the business. And so I, a a big one that I I dealt with is I had a bone admission surgery on my right ankle. And then I, that forced me off the ice for three to four months. And then coming back from that, like not even two weeks back on the ice, I had a freak accident, fell, and I had a spiral fracture in my left foot. No. Yeah, one after the other. So I was like that again forced me off the ice for another three to four months. And I remember it would have been so easy to just throw in the towel and be like, you know what, I'm done. Like mm-hmm. I can't come back from this. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it, it was very much like that. My first night in the hospital, they were gonna the next day they were gonna cut me open, put in some plates and screws, and I was mm-hmm. like, There's no way I'm coming back. And I don't know what changed mm-hmm. after I woke up the next day, but I was like, 
not today, not today, sis. Uh-huh. And so I just, I made a decision that I was going to keep going. I was going to at least fight because I owed that to myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I made some calls. I got out of the hospital. We reevaluated, ended up being able to heal it without having to do surgery, which I think saved my career. So thankfully I made the right calls and I ended up like two months being back on the ice. I won our provincial title, qualified for national qualifiers, Mm -hmm. ended up winning national qualifiers. And then five months of being back on the ice, I ended up placing third at nationals that year. So, you know, like you've got to just life lesson is like you've got to just keep going like no matter how hard it gets no matter what obstacle or setback is in your way Mm -hmm. just pick up your foot step over the obstacle and just keep going you know just run (laughs) okay y'all didn't see that but jeremy did an amazing example of like stepping over the obstacle that was a nice pointed foot you had there jeremy step over the obstacle and keep on going i'm so here for it Or leap, do a split leap if you want, you know, you know, do a little turn, like a half turn, land at one foot and then keep going. But, you know, like, yeah, just whatever, the more that you can come back from your setbacks, the Mm -hmm. sweeter that victory is going to taste. And just, it shows you how much you can do when you can overcome these obstacles and achieve greatness and then take that into your everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then what's your second one? You said you had two. I think another, and then the second life lesson for me is just, I've always struggled a little bit with Mm self-worth for, for myself. And I think that stems from, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gay and I'm Asian and I'm, I'm have immigrant parents, which, you know, that grew up in a different time, grew up in a different space and not as, you know, understanding. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was like, okay, maybe if I excel exponentially at these other aspects of my life, that'll make up for my gayness. Cause, Mm -hmm. and I thought of that as like a detriment to who I was. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I realized, and it was, it's been recent that I actually made that decision to finally have that conversation with my parents. Like I've been out to everybody else, like cats, dogs, you know, (laughs) everybody Mm -hmm. and their pets, like, And so when I finally made that decision, I realized that that fear was, although valid at the time, was very internalized and that I really shouldn't look to other people to get that validation, to, Mm -hmm. to get that, you know, sense of my Mm self-worth. And I think having come through with this revelation, it's like, now I have this confidence to tackle these, these pivots more seamlessly in my life. Yeah. Right. So I think that's, and that's always going to be something that people are going to struggle with, with, you know, self-worth. But I think you just got to know that you are enough, that I am enough and that we are all enough Mm -hmm. in our own skin and just live that beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, well said. Well said. I love that. And I was going to ask you, but I think you already, you answered the questions. I was like, what's your little nugget to leave with people? And you already, I think you already said it. Oh yeah. There's that. And there's also, I think my main one is like, yeah. just like I said before, just keep putting one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. take that first step because you never know where that mm-hmm. step is going to lead you. Whether, and I've had to take many first steps in my life. Yeah. First step onto the ice, first step towards learning a new mm-hmm. trick. Yeah. Um, you know, first step into real estate. 
And sometimes you're going to walk. Sometimes you're going to run, but you're, you're, you don't know until you take that first step. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it is. Just take that first step and then just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just keep going. Right. Right. That's it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm just like, mm-hmm, come on, keep going. I love like, it's like oh, putting one foot in front of the other. But I also think that we as humans, of course, there is fear, a fear there of like, but if I take the first step, then what do I do? And the, most of the time, we don't need to answer, then what do I do? It's just exactly. take the first step and it will be revealed to you. Very that. Like, that's so true. Like, you don't always have to have the answer. Mm-hmm. But if you have goals and you have, like, an ideal of where you want to go, that's answer enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't yeah. have to be so clear cut in the beginning. Yeah. Because then that doesn't leave room for, like, adventure. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. leave room for, like... <sighs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, honestly, like our trials and tribulations, our failures, that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes it interesting. I think people need to not be scared to make a mistake Mm -hmm. because that is where you're going to learn the most and you're going to grow the most. Like Mm -hmm. I would not be where I am today if I did not fail. And I, let me tell you how many times I failed, uh-huh. even trying to just to learn a new jump, the amount of times, and people don't see this, the amount of times you fall before you master a skill for the first time. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. don't be scared to fail. Fail all you want, just as long as you're learning and you're growing and you get back up. Right. You're good. You're good. Right. And you're going to master it. Like, you're going to master it. And like, also with you saying that, that's what my brain goes to now, like as a performer, Watching anybody do like a trick or a stunt or like a turn, I'd be like, "How many times did they practice that? Like, <laughs> I wonder how many bruises did they bruise on? Where did they fall? How did they? <laughs> That's where my brain goes now. The answer is too many. Like, <laughs> the average time it takes for somebody to master a double axle is like it could be a year, it could be two years. It's really? so long. Oh yeah. It took me six months. <laughs> Insert hair flip here. I did it <laughs> But six months of a lot of falling, a lot yeah. of falling and a lot of getting back up and trying again and again and again. And um, yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Jeremy, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. It's been so great reconnecting with you. Yes, yes, it has. Yes, it has. So before I let you go, uh, two things. First, where can people find you on these social media streets? Okay, so on Instagram, you can find me at at JeremyJ10. Or if you want to follow my real estate career, you can follow me at Jeremy10.realestate. And then you can also check out my website at Jeremy10.ca. And if you're bored, I don't really use this anymore that much, but Twitter, I'm J3R3BEAR, Jer Bear. <laughs> I created it when I was like a young little thing. Okay, so don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> no judgments here. No judgments here. I yeah. will put that all in the show notes, everybody. Don't worry. You could just uh, click and be able to follow. And then I must say to you that I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. So beautiful. That just gave me like the little, oh, that just gave me such beautiful emotions in my heart. Thank you so much. And back to you. You're so very welcome. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
please feel free to visit this episode's show notes for links to get in touch with my guest, as well as a link to rate and review my podcast on Podchaser. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is scroll down to the rate and review section. You can find and connect with me on Instagram at The Artist Pivot to see audiograms, fun facts, and posts featuring my guests. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already to get notified when a new episode is out. And please share this episode with at least one friend. For those who are working on their mental health and well-being, on a journey of facing your fears, or trying therapy for the first time, our show sponsor BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. BetterHelp makes professional therapy accessible and affordable with 20,000 plus therapists in their network and the ability to request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. I have found that therapy is a tool to use to improve your life in one of the healthiest ways. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. So many people use BetterHelp that they are currently recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash ArtistPivot. That's BetterHelp.com slash ArtistPivot. Ever heard the phrase found time? Well, Audible helps you find the time to get more stories and information while commuting, cooking, gardening, exercising, etc. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests, as well as guided meditation programs. They have podcasts, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. Fun fact, if you listened to every title on Audible, you'd be listening for more than three centuries. So click the link in the show notes or visit audibletrial.com slash theartistpivot to start your 30-day free trial of Audible and listen to that book you haven't read yet or laugh at a comedy special while doing the dishes. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash theartistpivot. Using the link lets Audible know that we sent you and a great way to support the show. This episode was edited by Kieran Niemant and produced by me, Ayana Major Bay. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>